Good morning, traders. I hope you guys are ready for another week, of course, with pre-market prep. I'm excited, of course, to get into the week. We got is Bing the new Google. We'll take a look at what's going on with right now Samsung devices in Google search. Is Bing the next top thing? We'll talk a little bit about it. We'll take a look into, of course, Merck on Sunday. Looks like we have ourselves a little bit of Merger Monday. We'll talk a little bit of also uh, news with Moderna. We got MNT Bank. We got Schwab, State Street reporting today. Xping, Baidu, earnings this week. The calendar is going to be lighting up like a Christmas tree. So definitely stick around, team. We got a lot of earnings coming this week. We'll talk all about them. We'll take a look into the futures, right? How's the Fed funds looking? And rent prices, are they starting to show a little bit of a crack? We got Tim Quas. You guys know Market Structure Monday. Hit the thumbs up. Let's get it started. It's time for pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, team. So I do want to let you guys know Joel is going to be out till Thursday. Of course, I'll have Dennis Dick with me in just a second. But let's take a look at the overall market, see what we're seeing right now. Of course, we are seeing the S&P 500 right now trading a little bit up, um, but pretty much going sideways since the close on Friday. We'll take a look also, of course, at crude you guys can look at uso i like to look at wti wti around 8204 so we'll look to see if oil can continue moving but it is dropping a little bit here in the pre-market got to keep an eye out on some of the oil stocks today that's for sure gld is how i'll look at the gold but of course i did take a look at the futures for you guys futures is at 2020.90 up about five dollars and ten cents um, so we'll keep an eye out to see if gold can continue making a move higher. If you take a look at this monthly chart on the right-hand side, that looks pretty strong there for GLD. We'll take a look, of course, at gold stocks a little bit later in the show. And Bitcoin stocks, I don't have a Bitcoin stocks to kind of show you, but I'll just show you kind of like Mara or Riot, kind of these plays, right? We did see Bitcoin pull back from the 30,000 level, a little bit slightly above that, now down towards 29,892, down about 1.44% last time I checked. So we'll see if this actually starts turning around this trade. It was pretty hot in the cryptocurrency. And of course, uh, I'll just show the uh, BXX, um, but the VIX down towards like 18. Of course, I don't have that VIX reading for here, but VIX down towards 18 is definitely something to keep an eye out. Let's go ahead and bring on, of course, Dennis Dick. How are we doing today, Dennis? I'm in the fastest market possible here. So trying to do a lot of things here today. My, my daughter is having some dental surgery here this morning. Um, she's just getting some cavities filled, but with five-year-olds, I got to put them under anesthesia to do it yeah. because the cooperation level isn't there. So 
My wife is at the hospital with the daughter who just went under right now at eight o'clock. She's having surgery. So I wish her well. Um, and then, so I've got the boy, I got to get on the school bus here in 20 minutes. And then I've got, um, I've got a company here that is fixing my driveway right now, all at the same time. So I'm running around. So if I got to leave you guys for a few minutes, I will have to leave you around 8:20 to go put the boy on the school bus, but we're going to try to get to the markets. We're going to try to do all those things. So anyways, yep. Mitch, um, I was listening to you in the background here. So I guess we're off and rocking here. Nice uh, job. With Joel, usually it's Joel opening it, so Mitch doing a great job. We got Joel away for a few days, too. So, Mitch, we're leaning on you, buddy. We're leaning on you. That's it. That's it. You know I'll try to bring the fire like I always try to we do. We know especially, Yeah, especially trying to get towards the markets, right? That's what it's all about here. Of course, my charts are going to be a little different than Joel's, but if you guys want levels or anything and you guys are looking at it, of course, mention it in the chat. We'll definitely cover it. Let's get into the news of the day, of course, and the question. Is Bing the new Google? Oh, gosh. It seems like we need to start thinking about this. Uh, Samsung's devices could s- switch here um, as they could ditch Google search for Microsoft's Bing. Samsung's move could jeopardize roughly about $3 billion in annual revenue for Google. Uh, Bloomberg reported this, citing the New York Times. This would be a big change, of course, because Samsung has a deal with also Apple, right? Which the Times reported at a value of $20 billion in annual revenue. Google has been commanding the market share in mobile devices in the U.S. and pretty much the rest of the world. So will this start to change? Is Bing the new Google, Dennis? I mean, this is the concern here. This was the concern we obviously had about a month and a half ago when Google, I remember, got hammered back in February and then Microsoft ripped higher, saying that even, you know, and people were saying if Google can, you know, if, if Microsoft can just pick up a few percentages of market share here because Google dominates search, it's huge for Microsoft and it does hit Google, obviously. So you're seeing that concern here this morning in the stock prices. Google is trading down five points, which is a significant move for it. And then you got Microsoft in the exact opposite direction, up five points. So clearly you can see um, that people are putting some weight into this and they think, hey, Samsung's doing it. Why maybe Apple going to do it too? So um, somewhat concerning if you're a Google shareholder. Again, I still think Google's going to be a big part of AI. I don't have positions in either of these stocks anymore. I own them both at one time. Valuation has pushed me out of Microsoft. And Google, I sold for these reasons more, uh, just recently, you know, I just sold it about a month and a half ago and I had it in the portfolio for a long, long time. So I am concerned about Microsoft picking up market share here. Um, I don't know if I can chase Microsoft still 29 times earnings here. People are paying up, but right now the story is hot. So you can't argue with story. Yeah, I see the chat saying, you know, they're, they're not the biggest fan of Bing. And I, I mean, I'm not either. I mean, I, I haven't switched to going to Bing just because they have, you know, chat GPT AI behind it. So I don't really see this as being something that is going to stick. But of course, if they start jumping into all the devices, that's definitely going to give Microsoft a lift, right? That was Google's upper hand for a long time. They've been holding the market share. And this is a little bit more of a scare that Microsoft could be grabbing some of that market share. We'll see what happens with this. And- if it actually can continue riding higher. Yeah. And you just think about like where the stock is. Microsoft is trying to break out here now. It's right up at resistance here. It's been in this significant uptrend. So you've got, you know, trend traders who are all over this one. The momentum traders getting in and Microsoft still has a lot of momentum. And, you mm-hmm. know, CNBC is going to talk nonstop about this here today. 
So, I mean, that drives price too. Don't discount, you know, how much influence CNBC still has. You know, when they mention, you know, rating specifically or something, those stocks move on and they'll probably be mentioning Microsoft and Google quite a bit here today. So one going up, one going down. All right. One area that I would tell you to watch is, uh, of course, uh, you got uh, kind of September 15th high, 294.18. And then, of course, we're about to hit here Thursday's high of 292.02. Uh, 292.08. We're actually a little bit above that already. So that'd be the next high that I'd look at, um, which is that September 15th high towards 294.18. We'll see if Microsoft finds some resistance above. All right, let's get out of the Bing story. We can talk a little bit more about that later on with kind of overall market talk. Let's go to, uh, let's do the Moderna and Merck talk right of course um let's first go with the merger monday let's go with merck said on sunday that it will buy prometheus bioscience rxdx um so you guys could take a look at that one right now of course merck is taking a little bit of hit but you guys can see rxdx definitely got the jump wow. here um this is for about 10.8 billion and 200 dollars per share that's about a 75 percent premium um from the last closing price so Big move there by Merck going after this company. And then, of course, there was some additional news that came out with Moderna. Uh, Moderna announced, with Merck announced on Sunday, that their mRNA V940, an investigational individualized neoantigen therapy in, communi- in combination with Keytruda, uh, demonstrated superior recurrence-free survival in patients with high-risk stage 3 and stage four melanoma following complete resection versus Keytruda. So it looks like you're going to see Moderna maybe get the lift on this. Merck is already getting hit because of the deal. I don't know if this will be able to shake off those concerns. Uh, you know, a lot of times when we get these deals, they take the hit down. But Moderna yeah. was getting a little bit of a lift. Now pulling back. What do you think about this deal, Dennis? Um, one is, and I think, you know, the deal is the deal. RxDx getting a huge premium. What we have seen, and we've talked about this on the show, is there is an edge to own XBI into the weekends. You know, mm. hedging it maybe out with something else. But, you know, just owning XBI into the weekends because we often see these smaller companies getting bought through the weekend and announced on Monday morning. So again, if you were playing that strategy, XBI is up 1.36%. Let's just say it wanted to hedge it with SPY. It, it SPY is only up 0.2% here right now. So you're picking up 1.2%. I was trading that strategy for a long time and I kind of forgot about it, but I think I'm going to put it on my list here again to own XBI into the weekends because we typically see these deals over the weekend and then obviously merger Monday. So I think there's a play to be long these stocks um, along the XBI into the weekend. I mean, you, you're you're not wrong. In the last three weeks, um, pretty much, you you could see it here. I kind of highlighted them on the daily. The next opening all being higher in the last three weeks. So um, of course, this is not a pattern that's going to work every single time, no. but. If we can get it to where we look back and we see it majority of the time, that's all we need, right? Just a little bit of an edge uh, to try to get some of that edge back. So definitely XBI starting to set up here. I kind of like the daily outlook too. And to keep watch on this one, of course, uh, we've been talking about how IBB started going. Will XBI also get going? I think XBI, and again, we said this last week, as the regional bank concerns seem to have dissipated to a certain extent, XBI becomes more of a play. We were concerned about XBI a few weeks ago because Mm -hmm. so many of these smaller biotech companies depend on lending, depend on capital 
And, yes. you know, if you have capital getting tighter because we're going to a banking crisis in the regional banks, that's not good for the XBI. I think as you know, the regional banks have stabilized to a certain extent. I think XBI has started to balance with that as well. But again, you know, just talking different strategies, stuff that I employ, little, you know, alpha and a little trying to extract off a little edges. You know, I like the XBI into the weekends. So because you don't know which company is going to get bought, but it owns a lot of them. I mean, how many companies in XBI? Let's go look right now just for fun. I think it's like I think it's like a thousand. There's a lot of biotech companies in there. Yeah, they put a lot of the smaller ones, um, right? Yeah, all the small ones. That's why we're not talking IBB. Big difference. Mm -hmm. The IBB is the big one. The XBI is the small ones. Let's go look. I'm just trying to bring it up. It has. Oh no, it's not that many. Uh, it's, I'm, I wasn't even close. It's only. It's got 151. So okay. It's way off. There's a lot. Of, I guess there's not that many biotech, but a, that's still quite a few. So you're getting exposed to all those small biotech names. Yeah, I was taking a look to see like some of the bigger ones. What's the percentage, the weighting, right? And you can see the top weightings on this are actually only like 1.4%. It's equal rate weighted. So XBI that's, is equal love weighted. It, love it, love it, love it. They're adjusting every quarter. So if one takes off, then it's obviously worth more, but then they adjust in the quarter. I actually like that though, because it helps you really see what's going on underneath the hood, right? When we see this start really taking off, this should tell us a lot. Um, definitely something to keep an eye out on XBI. What about the charts of Moderna and Merck? Um, well, I like Moderna and I've talked about the potential pair trade. So I don't like the Moderna COVID exposure here because like I said, a lot of their money came from COVID. So I think, you know, there's going to be less of that in the future as less people are getting the jabs. But I do like still the BNTX short against the Moderna long. So, and I mean, that's hasn't moved. I think it was right around this price. I think you'd be up about 10 bucks from whenever we first ta talked about it. Now you got to look at borrowing costs. You know, that's always a consideration. I mean, I can bring up BNTX just for fun here and just see what it's costing me to borrow it. Right now, I'll just get the borrow costs. When you're holding things long-term, you've always got to look at borrowing costs. It's 0.33%. It's very That's a year. So it's very cheap to borrow. Moderna is nothing to borrow either. Now those can change. You always want to be, you know, watching those, you know, rates. If you're borrowing and shorting stocks, you've always got to be very cognizant and 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 up to date on what those rates are because they change continuously. You know, stocks become more hard to borrow. Those rates go up substantially. AMC, for example, right now is 246 percent a year to borrow it. So you know that's a tough stock to short because you got to make that up. Basically, every single trading day, if you think 250 trading days in a year. To, to you know to to make up if you're short the stock it needs to go down one percent for you to break even every day so it's a tough stock to short yeah definitely and uh, you got to always keep that in mind right i think that's one thing that dennis is clearly telling you guys to take a look in because even if something may look easy if the borrowing cost is just way too high then it does it doesn't make any sense then too. Exactly. i used to do like preferred arbitrage where i'd short one preferred stock and long the other preferreds they're just too much to borrow the things anymore. The preferreds yeah. just don't have good lending rates and that those strategies there become cost prohibitive just because the borrowing rates are too high. That's why for the most part, I'd say 90% of my stock trading stays within the S&P 500 because I'm long short. And I know when I'm borrowing stocks in the S&P 500 that the, the borrow rates are fairly cheap. You know, you're usually talking significantly even under 1% unless you're getting into some, you know, some really hot names or something. For the most part, those, you know, are fairly cheap. All right, let's get out of the health names. We're going to keep the show flowing. We're going to go ahead and move on over now to the earnings on the day. Let's go to the first one here. Uh, MT, MMNT Bank, uh, Q1 adjusted earnings here. Um, MNT is... MTB. Uh, MTB. 
All right, let's get to here. Q1 adjusted EPS, $4.09 beat the $3.98 estimate. Sales of $2.42 billion beat the $2.36 billion estimate. You see a slight little jump there, but now starting to pull back a little bit. And should we just bring Schwab numbers yeah. here? Uh, did we get Schwab yet? Yes, we just got them here. Yeah, bring so. Schwab and STT. So do STT, the two regionals. Okay. Then we'll go STT first here. Yeah. Um, let's go to State Street. Let's give yep. their numbers here. Uh, State Street Q1 EPS at $1.52 missed the $1.64 estimate. Sales of $3.1 billion missed the $3.12 billion estimate. And then let's give Charles Schwab here their Q1 EPS coming in here at $0.93 cents, um, and beating the $0.90 cent estimate. Sales of $5.12 billion missed the $5.15 billion estimate. Schwab net interest revenue increased from 2.183 billion to 2.77 billion. Haven't seen too much uh, anything out of that Schwab. I thought that we'd have a bigger reaction here from the earnings, but not much that I'm seeing right We're now. We're seeing State Street a significant reaction, and I'm going to give you some analysis too. I just say we got one going one way, one going another. KRE can obviously look at, it and it's kind of flat, so not too concerning because you got one going one way, one going the other. But STT, they did not like those earnings. I do have to leave you, Zozo Trader, my buddy there on Twitter, is giving me the warning that um, I've got to go get my kid on the school bus here. So I will be back at you in ten minutes. <laughs> go for it, Dennis. All right, Mitch, Dennis. But we know where you're in good hands because you got money, Mitch. You know I got you guys. No worries. Dennis is going to be out for about ten minutes. We'll get Tim Quas when he comes on at eight thirty-five. But what I'm going to do for you guys is just keep the show going. Let's let's have some fun. I'm pulling my screen down. We're going to go to our trade zero segment early here. We're just going to do stocks to watch. I'm going to talk about stocks that I'm looking at. You guys smash the like. Let me know in the chat what you guys think about these stocks. Put a one if you're bullish. Put a two if you're bearish these stocks. Let's get to it. Trade zero segment today. All right, team. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to roll through stocks that I like. Then we'll go through a little bit of the gappers list here, right? Stocks that I'm looking at today. I'm going to be looking at some oil stocks to see how those are moving. Right now, I'm looking at ConocoPhillips. I've had this one in this kind of area down below towards the support. Going to look to see if we can continue riding higher, right? I kind of like this trade overall for the longer term, especially if you kind of draw this trend line here. If we can actually kind of trade above this trend line going towards like kind of the 116, 120 area, we're going to be looking really nice in, in ConocoPhillips. Really don't want to see it break back into this gap zone below 105s. That's not the area that I want to be looking at. There's some other names here that you can look at also in a very similar space, and they're very similar in the charts. EOG is another one that I'd take a look at. CNQ is another reason why I'm looking at this space. You can see how this has actually started to push higher. This is Canadian Natural Resources, and this is really starting to get towards a resistance right above it here towards like 6214s, 6250s. If we can get through that, can this really start pushing back here towards the 70? on the 52-week high. We'll see what happens here with these oil stocks. Last one that I'd given these oil names to kind of watch is PXD, but this one's already gone significantly from the bottom. Take a look. This one's been moving since on March 177.26, all the way up there to 230s. So this one's a little bit extended. I'd definitely be looking for pullbacks on this, but this has been ripping towards the upside. 
PXD, and we're talking oil here. Let's go to the industrials where I'm looking at one stock that is, of course, uh, all going to be based on General Electric. General Electric can't stop, won't stop. And right now, I don't see it turning around. It's back up there to 95, could get up there towards the 100. So if you're looking for stocks that are bullish, maybe you're looking at GE if you like to run with the one that's on the higher move. If you're looking for a pullback move to look for, I'm actually looking at Honeywell. This has pulled back significantly. It went up there to 220s, and that was in November of 2022. Now we're back here in April, starting to really kind of create this kind of bottoming effect around the 188, trying to make our move back to there through the 200. This is definitely going to be on the radar. And you guys in the chat, throw up those ones and twos. Let me know what you guys are thinking. That's what it's all about here on Pre-Market Prep. I did see a lot of ones being thrown up there with those oil names. So it looks like we have some bulls out there. Let's see what you guys think about GE and Honeywell. I'll keep watching the chat to catch up with you guys. All right, let's go to the next one. And then we'll take a look at what you guys talked about there. Let's go to some of the AI stocks. You guys know out there how these are kind of moving. Let's take a look at BFRG. This is one that I was able to nail on Friday. Hope you guys were watching, of course, live trading, was able to nail this one uh, for a really nice gain here on the up move. Of course, I stopped out on the pullback around the 680s, looking to see if this one's going to keep going, looking to see if these AI names will keep going. Of course, there's other ones than BFRG, right? And I see Richard saying one on that Honeywell recent low. Uh, one on everything AI, says Donka Dave. Definitely something to watch. And Eric says a one on GE. So there's some bullish outlook there. I saw another GE one. So we'll keep an eye out on these stocks to see if they can actually get the lift. Uh, but definitely the AI names, right? BFRG, there's GFAI, right? That one's been going, has been going sideways now. Will we see some other ones start to come out, right? I know a lot of people have been talking about these uh, AI overall. This is one that I think we need to keep an eye out. Are we going to get another run towards 32? Or are we going to get a crack of this 2040? If it does crack 20, I think that's where you got to really be careful because this could easily be right back down to $10. So keep your eyes on these stocks. Of course, the AI names, there could be others that come out here. And if you guys know any in the chat that you guys want to talk about, definitely throw them up. I'm really not feeling too like this can always keep going higher because I think this is just hype, right? Just like we got the metaverse where we got a lot of these stocks to make a move and then eventually coming right back down, something to keep an eye out. We'll see what happens with these AI names. Uh, last one that I'd give is Sound, Soundhound AI. This one I feel like has been going sideways and that's actually a positive, right? Because we had this big pop back in early February. Now it's been kind of going sideways through here. If we can get back through three and actually have a good day on some AI names, I don't see this one as a bad trade. So I'm going to keep watch on this one to see if sound can finally break through three again and make its way to like 330. That's where we got some resistance, 330, 340s. Then from there, I think we could really get motoring back to the 390s and the $4. So this one's definitely going to be on watch today. Mitch, you were trading Sox S last week. Am I still interested? Well, Richard, come on over to live trading. You'll find out if I like Sox S or not. But just uh, a hint, I, I definitely will be looking to see a little bit of tech turnaround today. 
We'll see what happens on that. Uh, let's keep going. Let's take a look at different areas. I want to keep rolling through these. And then, of course, we'll go through the gappers. If anything stands out from you guys on the left-hand side where you see the scanner, let me know. Put those tickers in the chat. We'll run through them here, especially before we get Tim Quas and Dennis Dick back. Let's go. All right, so let's keep taking a look. Let's go to diagnostics and research stocks. So we're talking healthcare sector, right? Uh, TMO, Thermo Fisher Scientific, right? I'm, I'm keeping an eye out on this one because it's the leader in this space. And one thing that I can clearly see is what sideways period here, right? So we've been sideways since pretty much February 2022. I want to see if we can make a run towards this 600 and really start get going here on Thermo Fisher. One thing that I also see is that we've come from the lows since all the way from November. We made a run to 600, pulled back here towards 540s, now trying to ramp right back up. And one thing that I can clearly see in the last three days, what do we got? We got lows all around the same area. Lows at 582.01, 582.01, 582 so definitely buying up on around that 582 gonna look to see if this can push through and keep moving i have one that i'm already swing trading in this i'm trading uh dhr danaher corporation and a lot of this is also some sleepy action after a lot of pullback can we really get the motor going we'll keep watch to see if we can finally break through this trend line because if we could break through this trend line, I feel like we could really get going. That's a move back up towards 280s. Eventually, I'd look for a break towards the 285s and maybe even the 290s, 300 spot. We'll see what happens here on a name like Danaher Corporation. And just to give you guys a couple more names in this space, MTD is one that's already been moving here. You guys can see this on the daily, how it's been strong. We'll look to see if this can get through the resistance right above. Um, but there's some other names that you guys can keep a watch on too. DXCM is one to watch. Dexcom, uh, this one has some resistance here. Will it get through this kind of 120 area going towards the 125s, 128? Something to watch on Dexcom and these diagnostics research stocks. All right, let's go. Let's do one last one. We've already talked about some of these biotechs. This is the last area I'm going to look at. Of course, I've been talking about IBB since last Monday. I'm going to call out Moderna here. Of course, with their news, we'll look to see if we can get back through 159. I like Gilead. I was trading this one last week. Going to look to see if this one can get moving towards the 85. Nice little trend line here. If it can actually get moving and get through that 85, I think we could actually get some uplift here in Gilead. And another one that's just been hanging on in the top of the pattern um, and why I like the top of the pattern is because at least you know your risk, right? You're getting what higher lows and higher lows in this pattern. And that really helps you out, right? You guys can see right here, the ascending triangle, we're getting tighter and tighter for the break above 835. We'll see what happens here in Regenron. And the last one that I'll give is Biogen. Biogen definitely started getting moving already. So I'd be looking for pullbacks towards kind of like the 290s. That's what I like here. But you guys can see it already in the pre-market up there to 294s. We'll look for some pullback into the 290s, but I definitely like this one. This is going to be more like a swing trade outlook here. We'll see if this one can pull back and really get moving. Biogen. All right, let's get to some of these stocks on the left-hand side in the gappers list here to take a look at what's moving today. All right, of course, uh, there's the... There's going to be the merger Monday deal. 
Uh, that's this RXDX. Then there's BLBX uh, here. Black box stocks. This thing's going like crazy here. It looks like one of the penny stock movers of the day. I'll call it out. Let me see if there's any news on this. Looks like they're announcing a letter of intent for merger with Evec Group, a leader of supplier for luxury brands and EV performance. Um, so looks like there's an intent to merge with EV Tech. Um, so definitely getting the lift right now. You guys can see that pushing strong here towards 12. We'll look to see if this keeps moving. This is kind of a cheaper name and could get moving. Definitely one of the top pennies. Um, I'll call it a penny just it's a $10 stock. We'll call it a small cap stock that's making a lift right now versus a penny. Uh, Microsoft getting a move. Of course, today we've talked a little bit about that news. EMPH up a little bit here in the pre-market. That's interesting to see. Of course, these are solar names. We'll look to see if First Solar can continue to run. Of course, this has not broken the 200 and has just been going sideways here around the 200. So I'm going to look to see if we can finally make a move out of this. If it ever breaks down or breaks out, that's something that we got to keep an eye out for these solar names. So definitely keep your eyes on some of these solar names to see if they get moving or not. All right, let's keep going. Let's go work down the list. Baidu. Baidu is actually a stock that I was going to mention a little bit later today, but I don't think we'll be able to get to it. So I'm going to go ahead and mention it right now. Give you guys the news that's coming out with Baidu here. Uh, so Baidu released new products. Um, so it looks like they're, this release of new products definitely giving them a little bit of a lift here. Let me go ahead and throw the banner up so you guys can read that here at the bottom. So Baidu releasing new products covering intelligent driving, cabin and maps at an automotive intelligence conference on Sunday. I think this is also where you also had XPEV introduce their new platform, the smart electric platform architecture, SEPA 2.0. So you guys can see the Chinese EVs and China tech maybe getting a lift today. We're already seeing that already with Baidu getting a little bit of a push up here. You can see the 15 minute, this gapped up there, went up towards 133.49. Let's take a look at XPEV. That one also up there towards 11.23s in the pre-market, which is just at around like $10. So already gapping up. Be careful with those gap ups, right? Baba gapping up already, right? JD gapping up already. Looks like a lot of these China names already gapped up. We'll look to see if they pull back and continue to run. But don't look too bad on the charts. So keep your eyes on some of the China names. I think it's going to matter a lot of what happens to our tech names. If they get washed out, I think these will get washed out. If for any reason we can continue riding that te those tech names, I'd keep an eye out on the China names to see if they can continue moving higher. All right, let's keep going. We got a little bit more for you guys here. And especially at 835, we're going to get to Market Structure Mondays. So don't go anywhere team smash the like hope you guys are enjoying me taking over a little bit today and going through some stocks let's keep going let's go to some other names of course what do you see here dxcm one that i just talked about dexcom so keep an eye out on those health names that i was looking at i'll see if they can get moving diagnostics and research is an area that hasn't really taken off in the healthcare sector but I'm looking to see which industries play a little catch up, especially to the major drug manufacturer names that had really already taken off. All right, let's keep going. Let's get to some more stocks here. NVO is definitely one to keep an eye out. You're talking major 
uh, kind of drug manufacturer, right? Will this kind of keep moving higher? I'd keep a watch on it. It's up there to 171. Could just keep moving. Baba is showing up here. BTU. Ooh, did I see someone in the chat call it out also? Keep an eye on it, team. BTU doing a little bit of some buyback action. Is that what I saw? Let me use, of course, my trusty Benzinga Pro here to let me know what's going on in BTU. And yes, we do have ourselves a little bit of a buyback action here. I'm going to throw up the banner here so you guys can get it. And look how quickly I grab news from the pro and make a banner so you guys can read it here. Peabody Energy shares are trading higher after the company announced a $1 billion stock buyback and a 0.075 share quarterly dividend. So a little bit of some dividend action, a little bit of some buyback action. That's definitely giving it a lift here in the pre-market. And I will say, keep your eyes on coal stocks. The ones that I kind of watch here, there's like three names that I watch in coal. I watch AMR a lot because I think this one kind of has a tendency of holding the pattern. You see how it's been going sideways. Will this one start moving through the 168 and 170? We'll look to see if it gets moving. And a smaller one I look at is CEIX. We'll look to see if this one can get a little bit higher, start getting back through the 6150s. I like about this one is it has a tendency of trading like with these trend lines. So let's see if we can actually get this back through 6250 and start making a little bit of an up move here in CEIX. Coal has not been the strong area as of late, but who knows? Maybe it starts getting moving, especially if we're starting to see inflation move higher. When oil moves higher, a lot of the time coal has also kind of got a little bit of a lift. So we'll see what happens with this. All right, let's get out of our, of course, trade zero segment here. I'm going to go ahead and pull this down and we'll get back to the markets, take a little bit of a peek. And then, of course, we'll get into market structure Mondays. Let's go back to the overall market right now. We're seeing a little bit of a leak. Of course, that could be coming with a little bit of a tech turnaround. Google still kind of leaking down, right? I think this is he uh, weighing in on the markets. You're seeing Apple up a little bit. Let's go to Microsoft. Microsoft still trying to ride a little bit higher. And let's just take a little bit of a peek at the Tesla Dragon up there towards 187. Of course, earnings up later this week. We'll talk a little bit more about earnings when Dennis comes back. But now we're going to get into, of course, Market Structure Edge. You guys out there, smash the like. You know what time it is. Tim Quas, Market Structure Edge. All right, Tim, how are we doing today? Good morning. Good morning. Are you, uh, where's your wingman? Are Come you on, it's right here. One <laughs> and two, baby. That's uh, all I need. Well, That's all I, just, I need. Thanks for the reminder. Right. That's all you need. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, no, nah, they're, they're uh, Joel's Joel's out till Thursday. Dennis is uh he's right now, you know, chasing after the school bus with his kid. Okay. He's like, no, no, <laughs> take him, take him. I can't have him right now. Take my children, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. I, I, I used to be that kid waiting till I saw the school bus, you know, pass by because it had to yeah. do a little U-turn. Yeah. And you know, you just take off. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I hope they arrived. <laughs> well, it's just like that. The supply and demand game, right? The supply is all on the bus and you're demanding to get on there. So let's get into so supply and demand talk. Uh, well, you know, I think that what would 
be the a, a starting point. I'm not saying it's the best one, but it, but if we're looking at the context here, which is mm-hmm. earnings season is beginning to pick up, and of course it kicked off with uh, with several big banks, J.P. Morgan, uh, and how, how sustainable is that? You know what what challenges us traders and investors is keeping gains. I mean, it's great when stuff goes up, uh, but how do you keep it? And so, you know, the, to me, that here's a great st- starting point. So if we, and what we're talking about is supply and demand, that's what Mitch is talking about, the supply and demand of the market. It's the basic economic principle. I mean, we could talk about the same things that everybody else talks about all the time, which is, you know, is the economy headed for a recession? Is it going to be soft? Is it going to be hard? Will we avoid it? Or, you know, what will energy prices do? All of these things are the endless chatter everywhere in, in business news. And really, it just all comes back to, to me to supply and demand in the market. And so here's something to think about. Will J.P. Morgan, as a touchstone for banks, keep its gains? And should you? Yeah. Uh, and and so here was here's J.P. Morgan. And, and if you haven't seen this, this is Market Structure Edge, by the way. And this is J.P. Morgan looking back over a 30 trading day period. So from March, early March, there was the bank crisis. Notice that the, the, this is demand. The green part of the graph is demand. It's an algorithm. It's artificial intelligence. We've been using uh, algorithms to sort through human cognitive dissonance. By the way, there's the trouble with artificial intelligence. Human beings are generally, outside of politicians, incapable of holding competing ideas in their heads at the same time. But there is a lot of cognitive dissonance in human thinking, and machines don't do that. Machines don't handle cognitive dissonance. It's one of the ways we find errors in data, by the way. We look for contradictions in the data that generate a null, a null calculation. Then we have additional calculations to fill them in, believe it or not, because data isn't perfect. But here's the, so this is an algorithm telling us, is is money buying or selling JP Morgan? This is price, closing price. This is supply. Short volume is the supply chain of the market. So what we look for is demand keeping pace with the supply chain. Well, look what happened here. Demand faltered and supply rose. What will price do? It will deteriorate. That's very simple stuff. Mm -hmm. And we finished all of that right through March options, expirations, quarterly index balances. The supply side reverted to the mean and demand recovered. This was round one of the banking crisis. Then we head into earnings and what happens? Very steady demand, falling supply. What will price likely do? Rise, Rise. right? Of course. Now though, look what happened on Friday in JP Morgan. A giant spike in the supply side. Now this is a principle of the market that everybody should understand. If you trade the market, you should understand this. You cannot operate in the stock market with notions from the 1990s. It's not the way the stock market works. This is a giant spike in supply that reflects market makers like Citadel manufacturing stock to fill demand. There wasn't enough supply to meet demand, but that will necessarily mean an equal and offsetting event ahead. 
And it may be that that gets offloaded into options expirations, which will come around mm -hmm. to. That happens this week. So take gains. If you see that happen, people, if you see a spike in the supply side or a divot on the demand side, take your gains. You can always find something else that has a good supply-demand balance. But this tells you absolutely nothing about the banking crisis. All right? This I, I love it. I love it, Tim. And one of the things that I think that this really does help is that a lot of times, what do we want to be having, right? We want to have edge, right? Market structure edge, right? Edge. And, yep. and once you notice that edge is deteriorating, like you yep. see it here with the supply doing that jump, that's why you're saying get out more. Yep. It's more exactly. that the probability is falling on the other side. And if someone were to tell me that, I have a, like a 70% chance to lose in this trade. Exactly. That's probably not one that I want to be taking. Precisely. So now let's extrapolate that out from JP Morgan to the whole market. So we'll just go it. up here and see broad market sentiment. So if we want to see what's happening in the broad market, this is one way. There are certainly there are other ways, but this is a great way to see supply and demand in the S&P 500, which is about 85% of all market cap. It's remarkable how concentrated the market cap is in the stock market. Most of the money is in 500 stocks. Only 5% of market cap is in the Russell 2000. It's why it's very, very difficult to find outliers in the Russell 2000 that will give you returns. Only one for less than 1% of stocks will leave the Russell 2000 organically and become part of the Russell 1000. It's very challenging. So just know that. Here's where we are. So once again, same principle, green part of the graph, demand. This is SPY, a price measure for the S&P 500, and supply. Well, why did the stock market rise? It's pretty simple. This, we had strong demand and plunging supply. This is one of the great retreats in supply that we have seen in years. And it is the exact reversal of the bank short. This yeah. was the bank short, right? Right there. So all of that has been covered and the market recovered. Well, what now is the probability? Notice what happened Friday. This stopped falling. You see that, folks? Yep. So if supply stops falling, what will generally happen? I'm not saying it's an absolute, but I'm saying generally it rises. So if supply rises and demand falls, what will prices do? Well, they'll probably Start fall. Decline. Exactly. We don't know precisely, but it is why I have a big short. I could be wrong, mm. but I would look at that and say, well, which side of the coin should I be on? And I chose SH. I have the largest short that I've ever had. I'm not saying that that's right, nor that you should do that. But the probability is that the market declines. And so if the market declines, I would rather attempt to generate returns as it declines. And so, again, I'm not saying you should do that, but it's mm -hmm. a way to think about the data. Tim, this also to me sometimes, and I, I like to take it in the way that traders trade, right? And so we just talked probability and edge, but I think yeah. this also shows also the psychology behind the trades, right? Because what ends up happening yeah. here is as we see that supply line coming down, where is that really showing us, right? That that buying FOMO was kind of kicking in, right? Everyone was starting to lean in one way. And the market loves to, you know, do the max pain trade now. And you're starting to see the supply go lower and lower and lower. 
everyone gets more bullish, bullish, bullish. And then all of a sudden, we get a little bit of a flip because there's a balance to here, right? That is a very good point. And, and one of the things that we, in fact, the first, the, first, the, the first meaningful algorithm that we wrote in 2010 was for what we call rational price. It's a pricing model. You know, everybody's got pricing models. Black-Scholes is an options pricing model. Market made a bunch of money writing bond pricing models. So we wrote a model in 2010 to look for characteristics of rational thought, human behavior in the market that would be distinct from other things like passive asset allocation or machine speculation or derivatives trades, that kind of thing. And so that thing's been active for 13 years, and it's very good at telling us human behavior. And human behavior surged on Friday. There was, and it was exactly what you're saying, Mitch. It yeah. is a fear of missing out. It's a belief that, okay, JP Morgan's great. Everything's great. Everything's, we need to be back in the stock market. And so often human beings get it wrong. Mm -hmm. We gotta be nimble. We gotta be they, nimble. The computers can be nimble, but it's hard for us to be like that. Exactly. Stock pickers missed out on a lot of the rally in Q1. They sat out because they kept thinking, oh, the market's going to go down. And instead, it went up seven and a half percent. And now, as we get to the very end of this mighty supply demand divergence that gave us a lot of gains, they're back in. And I fear for my stock picking colleagues that their timing is poor. I would, I would not want to be doing this into options expiration exactly Thursday, right they, that's that's where they could do the flip on us too right with the could. option expiration so it's it something definitely happens. to watch yeah right. it, it's it's definitely something to keep an eye out now of course with supply and demand what is it signaling now what do we where should we be looking what is it is it on our uh volatility plays are we looking low volatility are we looking momentum tim here's so here these are the we cap you know we use artificial intelligence to build portfolios and here's momentum and there is one in it <laughs> and it's five by the way it's five below five below has pretty strong supply demand divergence but there's only one in a momentum market there should be 25 in there so i look at yeah. that immediately and the machines are telling me momentum has vanished it doesn't mean the market can't post a good one day here or there performance it's not linear but I look at that and say, well, that's not the place to be. Low volatility. Low volatility looks for stocks that the big money, you know, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street are going to be in if the market becomes turbulent. Only five. So there, it is neither offering protection from volatility nor offering momentum. There are things that I would go to. I'd come over here to Benzinga April 17, and there are seven stocks in this. This to me are the, it demonstrates the best supply demand balances if you want to produce returns in this kind of environment. But they are, they tend to be very large and very stable. Honeywell, mm -hmm. Bristol Myers. That was one I just talked Abby, about, Tim. You, okay. Well, let's I just talk about Honeywell. Well, good um, call. Well, one of my biggest things is also I see GE can't stop, won't stop. So uh, Honeywell has been kind of sleepy here. And you can see it also in the supply, right? Look how that supply was just declining, declining, declining. Exactly. And now, and now it's it's pretty low there. It's and very demand low. Is turning. Artificially low. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the good news is there's no supply. So if money comes in and buys Honeywell, the price will rise. There is insufficient supply. The bad news is it almost perfectly matches what's occurring in the broad market. Honeywell yeah. is very much a reflection 
of core S&P 500 behavior because it's in all three. It's a Dow component. It's an S&P 500 component. It's a NASDAQ 100 component. Ah, it's the nice triple one. threat, right? So it covers everything. And that's a, there's a great, great microcosm. I look at that and say, well, it's a great place to be, but the market isn't great because it's doing the very same thing. So just be, be aware of that. Still, would I pick Honeywell? I would certainly pick Honeywell over momentum right now. You know, look at Bristol Myers, same mm -hmm. kind of drill. Healthcare is a good place to be when markets aren't very stable. Look at this supply deficiency, strong demand. That is the kind of thing to be in when you don't know which way the market's going to go. I will say again, with broad sentiment topping and coming down and supply bottoming, we could, I'm not saying we will, we could between now and next Wednesday to me is the most dangerous time that we're going to encounter for some period of time because options will reset. All the implied supply and demand from derivatives and it's hundreds of trillions of dollars will recalibrate. All it takes is a one or 2% decline in demand for derivatives for the market, for the Dow to drop a thousand points. I'm not making that up. And new options trade next Monday. Monday. So we Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they expire. Then we go through the weekend and Monday new options trade. Well, if you put options on sale, and nobody shows up, the market can drop. I'm, again, I'm not saying those things will happen, but looking at it from a probability perspective and mm -hmm. using the benefit of artificial intelligence, what the machines are doing, taking subjectivity out of the equation, the machines are telling us, be very cautious. And Tim, I was hiding in the background here listening to you. I'm in a fast market here. I got kids going to dental surgery. I got other kids going to the school bus. I got my whole driveway tore up right now as they're trying to fix an issue here. So I'm in a fast market here, but I had to come in and talk to Tim before he, le before he leaves. I always love the market structure Mondays here. So I just caught the tail end of what you were talking about here. But yep. I mean, what, what – so – you're talking about potentially, and just you know, sum mm -hmm. sum up here what you just said for me because I just caught the tail end. But you were talking about the overall market. I'm um, I'm, I'm talking about the 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 probability, the potential. You're a high freak. You're engaged in high frequency activity, Dennis. Yes, you are yes. just you are doing not an official like a... high frequency trader, but definitely engaged in high frequency activity. <laughs> yeah, 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 I will yeah, say yeah. that. That's, so so here to me is the is the risk, Dennis. It's that. We had this big bank short from fe early February right into the, the beginning of March. That was the big bank short. The market tanked. Then we reversed out of that, and it just stopped. So the reversal out of that giant bank caution trade that was short has helped drive the market higher, and it's ending right into earnings and options expirations. If this reverses, I think that there is a great risk that the market could decline significantly. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but yeah. that is the trade we're talking about. And I mean, we look here and coming into earnings season, it's probably going to be the driver is going to be earnings. I'm not sure if you had a chance to talk Netflix here or not, but I'd be interested just before you yeah. go to yeah. see the market structure on Netflix, because this is going to be one of the first major tech companies to report here, if you can call it a tech company. Tuesday, yeah. at Tuesday night, we get NFLX. Okay. And I think everybody's going to be looking at this for you know the leadership here of you know where is tech earnings going to start? So what's market structure saying on NFLX? Well, the supply side is fine. So it's not heavily short. It's 45% short, which is less than the market, which is about 49 and a half. But the demand side is reverting to five. Now, that, I look at that and say it is an even bet. That's where everybody's position 
spot, I always exit when, when this is occurring. If demand is falling, I leave because the probability that you're producing additional gains is low. So I think this, what this tells us is that hedge funds are pretty confident Netflix will have good results. But if, if passive money is shifting from its allocations from Q1 toward yeah. a more safe posture right at options expirations, which will begin the very next day, Tuesday night is when VIX, action, uh, VIX volatility options cease trading. They renew on Wednesday. And so if the posture and volatility hedges changes, Netflix won't benefit despite having good results. So if I were the, taking the probabilities, I'm not in Netflix. We got one more request from the chat. Furhat wants to talk KRE. I kind of wanted to see KRE as well, which is why okay. I picked that one. Dennis, you're, um, you're, you're the guy. I saw it too. I was like, yeah, let's go for it. We let's both looked out. at KRE. Me and Mitch <laughs> were both like, yeah, I want to see what they're saying about me KRE too, because this too. is the boogeyman in the room. Is, is, do, I, do I have this right? Not this one. It's not KKR. K KRE. No, it's KRE. It's the ETF. ETF. You, do, you do have ETFs, don't you? Uh, the only no. a handful because oh, I forgot. Yeah. Those companies. We have we have we have mm. pulled that data. We can yeah. we can look at the data of the supply I demand. I forgot the KRE. It, it, but what's it in? What sector is it in? That's the, well. It's that's your regional, regional banks. banks. That's your regional banks. Right. Okay. So let's go. Let's do this. Here's what I like to do. Let's go yeah. look at. Let's go look at financials and and do a sort on what's heavily short, and so. Mm. This is a great okay. way to do it. Here's the whole financial sector. And if oh, I do a, so, a sort on supply, yeah. so you know wh how much of, this, of the sector is more than 50% short? Well, that's a pretty easy look. So this is 532 components. And if I, let's just scroll down until we hit stocks that are no longer 50% short and we'll check. I mean, it's, it's more it's more it's more it's more than 50 percent of the sector is 50 percent short yeah all right so i would look at that and say outside of the biggest and we can check that right let's go check the big guys i would not want to be exposed to this sector no matter no matter how good the results seem to be let's do this let's start sort by market cap and we can look at who's at the top of this berkshire hathaway uh five 53 short i wouldn't even be in the b shares Wow. Uh, Visa is pretty good. JPM is fine, but we saw we saw a huge surge in short volume on Friday. Yeah. I'd be out of that. Uh, Mastercard, thirty six. Bank of America, pretty good. Wells Fargo, pretty good. Morgan Stanley, but 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 then you get to so uh, you get to Royal Bank of Canada, fifty eight percent short. RBC heavily short. So it looks to me like, at least from what I see on here, it's like no on the regionals from supply outlook. Yep. And then the, the bigger banks seem to at least also showing that D trend, that bottomed outlook, like look for that bottoming action to try to continue. And right. if that supply can keep coming lower and demand going higher with these earnings reports, that could show us that, yeah, the, the financials could hold. Yeah, but it's not a great trade. Yeah, it's not because yeah. it's 50-50, right? The regionals are just kind of like pushed out the side and it seems like no one wants to get in on those, but everyone wants to jump in if possible for the, the bigger banks. I think it's it's safety in size and, yep. and uh, that's where the money that. goes. I yep. agree with that too. Yep. Well, like always, you guys can keep up with all this action, market structure edge. I threw up the link. I'll throw up the link again. Definitely get your free trial. You don't even need a credit card. Always great to have you, my friend, Tim Quas. You have a good one. Take care, and we'll see you next week.
Always enjoy it, guys. Thank you. Have a great Thank week. Thank you, Tim. All right. Thank you, Tim. Let's take a peek back into the market. Um, so I can stick with you for an looking. extra few minutes here today because <laughs> I haven't been with you all morning. So hey, been we're trying me, here. Man. But the kids no at worries. school, the girl is now in surgery here, and I didn't get an update here yet, but apparently she's getting uh, her tooth fixed right now. Hey, well, we, and we all wish the driveway the people are doing driveway stuff, as I see out there. <laughs> well, at least they're working, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to some of the other headlines. I can get into some of those. We covered a lot of it already, especially um, with kind of uh, our Trade Zero segment. We covered Baidu, some China names. Dennis, just to let you know. Thank you. Um, We've already done through those. So I wanted to cover a little bit of the earnings this week, right? Let's talk a little bit about what's coming this week. Uh, We have our earnings calendar. You guys can find us, of course, on our Twitter. You guys definitely check it out. We'll have a big earnings week, of course. We kick it off tomorrow. Um, before the open with Johnson and Johnson Bank of America what do you think at least for these first two starting it off on Tuesday um so again I always like to be long stocks ahead of the reports too I mean I've mm-hmm. always traded that strategy I've talked about it yeah. you know multiple times that there tends to be a positive drip of being long stocks ahead of the reports. Um, I don't like to hold through the reports if I don't have to, unless it's a long-term position. But as the trades, there tends to be positive, you know, um, alpha extracted from being long a few days even into those reports here. Mm-hmm. Bank of America, everybody's going to be watching. Obviously, last week, you know, the bar is now set higher because we had pretty good numbers coming from JP Morgan. Wells Fargo was okay. You know, the stock, you know, ended up leaking some of the gains back. We already got Citigroup, and Citigroup was good. So, so far, so good with the majors. I still think that the majors aren't hurting. I think that they're actually picking up business and possibly some of the regional banks. So I actually think the regional banking crisis might benefit the majors. We've talked about that before. Um, So the bar is set a little bit higher for Bank of America and Goldman, which we're going to report on Tuesday, Um, just because we've already seen pretty good uh, numbers from the bigger banks. What I'm really interested, though, is still Netflix. We obviously got Tim's thoughts here on Netflix. Um, He was saying, you know, he would maybe stay away from it for this one. What I'm interested in is, you know, and I, you know, I've seen it already in Canada that they're already doing this is, you know, that you can't do the password sharing here now. It's got to be in the same house. Mm. So I'm interested if you're going to start seeing a subscriber pickup because, you know, where people were sharing maybe before, now all of a sudden, you know, they have to go buy their own account. I actually think it's a good thing for Netflix. So I kind of like the consolidation. Again, I don't know if I'm going to take a shot before the report, but I think if it gets any type of a dip, I might actually be interested in buying it. So I was in Netflix once. I wrote it, obviously. You know, I, I bought my first shares a little bit early, then I bought a whole bunch more at 185 or 190. And then I wrote those up, and I think I got rid of it around 320. So it's a little bit higher than there from where I was. I'd like to get them back in the low 300s. I don't know if I'm going to get that shot, though. Yeah, 50% retracement of that move since that kind of like July uh, breakout puts us back towards 278s. So maybe below 300 towards the 280s. It doesn't seem like a bad area to be looking for pullbacks on Netflix. And I agree with you. I would like it on pullbacks, but I also think that it could get this pullback as it's made a big run on Netflix. Uh, what I think also is going to be interesting is once we start getting some of these tech names to report, right, the major tech names, we don't get uh, really too big into this week, but I am going to be paying attention to that ASML report on Wednesday to see what happens to some of these semiconductor equipment stocks. 
um, because they have been grinding higher. But these are the ones that I think are really having some exposure if there's any concern with China. So uh, I'll, I'll keep watch to see some of these. They've already ran higher. Will these semiconductor equipment stocks continue to run? Just one that I'm watching, and that reports Wednesday morning. And then, of course, Wednesday morning, we get Morgan Stanley, some of the other banks to report. Then Wednesday afternoon, Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. Oh, that's, that's everything. Yes, yes, you know that one. You can talk about all these other ones, but Tesla will be the driver of the bus here. I mean, going forward, this is what it's going to be circled on people's, you know. Um, uh, for this week. I mean, it's the one that stands out. I'm feeling bullish at least going into the report. I know that I know that uh, a lot of people kind of haven't been watching this one. This one hasn't partaken in the rally. And that's why I'm watching Tesla, right? I mean, yeah, it did have its rally back in, you know, February, but all this kind of recent run hasn't really gone for the run. And one thing that I can see is that Tesla likes to run into the earnings and then sell the news, right? It's more of like a buy the rumor. I, I sell think the there's news a play here thing. to be long Tesla for the next couple of days with a hedge, you know, and I usually hedge it with cues if I was trading the Tesla. Mm -hmm. I think you could see some outperformance in Tesla ahead of these numbers. Yeah. I don't know too. about holding through it again. I don't love to hold yeah. trades through the numbers. That's, that's where it gets hard. Through the numbers, <laughs> I don't typically hold trades through the numbers. Yeah. So I, agree I think with there's that a play outlook. for being long Tesla for the next couple of days. Again, hedging it. I'd probably hedge it with the cues. All right. Another one that reports that day after the close. Um, it's not something that we talk about that often, but what about the Beamer, the IBM? And I'm still long this one. It's been a it's been a dog. It hasn't participated here in the recent rally. I thought that this could be an AI play. And you know, I'm in my sneaky AI plays. I talk I talked Palantir <laughs> there. I talked Palantir there last week, which actually, you know, has held up pretty well. I'm still long my Palantir. Yeah. Um IBM. You know, I was thinking this was, uh, you know, a, a, a cat like a 5.1%. You know, you've got a, you know, a more safety stock there. And I was like, it could be a sneaky AI play too. It hasn't materialized. It hasn't been good. I'm in from, I think, 135. I'm down about seven bucks here on this. I don't know. Like, you're getting a dividend. You're getting paid to wait. But, you know, you only wait so long at some of these things. I do think that there's a play. I mean, obviously, this earnings report is going to be very important. Do they talk about AI? Do they talk about potential, you know, revenue sources there? Because if you think about it, you know, Watson was one of the first AI, you know, like, they completely dropped the ball here because they had Watson feel like 20 years ago. You know, like, IBM could have been, you know, the, the leader of AI. So, obviously, they've dropped the ball, you know, continuously yeah. here. You keep thinking there's a turnaround story here. But it just never seems to turn around. Uh, one thing that I think is also important is that I've seen IBM put out like kind of mentions of AI, but show me something new. Yeah, Bring I, me I something sexy, right? Yes. Bring me something right now. Like this is your opportunity to wake up IBM after yes. how many years, right? I mean, if I was there at the executives, I would be pushing hard. What can we do to show that we are the leaders in AI? Yeah. Well, we'll find out if they do start coming out with some catalysts. We'll keep it on watch. Can't blame you for getting in a little bit early, Dennis. I'm and in too early here, and it's been, okay. You know, not it's a good okay. Trade. I mean, I, I think you trade. got monthly levels underneath you at least. Like you can see the bottom right chart, right? You got monthly levels at least underneath you, right? And so you have some support, 115. Now the only question is, can you get back through that 150? Um, if you do get back through that 150 on the monthly chart, I think you're going to be looking really well. Of course, what's that going to take? Probably, probably something new. Right? It's going to new take product. A, it's going to take an AI story coming out. Yeah, of it. you know, I think there's a potential for that to happen. 
I more think there's a potential on the Palantir, which is why, you know, I still, you know, was highlighting that one. It actually, I love the action in Palantir on Friday because we had a pretty rough day where a lot of stocks were really leaking. I mean, you look at the overall market and, you know, we were up strong, but then we leaked, you know, and we did get some of those back at the end of the day, but all afternoon when morning we were leaking, leaking, leaking and Palantir was holding up. So I think, you know, there's a chance that this could get through nine today. I still think it's a sneaky AI play here. Yep, I, I would agree. I'd definitely keep it on my, my targets. My target's the double top at 10. So looking at 10.20 and 10.31. That was my target when I went into it. Yeah, I'll definitely keep this one on the radar. I talked about some of the I names with our Trade Zero segment, but definitely there's a lot going on there. And we'll see what happens with Pelantir and some of these AI names. Can they keep going? I played Bullfrog on Friday, Dennis. I was able to get Did a nice you? little... Yeah, man. I was ready for that it, man. That thing's wild, eh? I, no lie. On Friday, I, I was feeling it. I'm not, you know how some days, Dennis, yep. you, you're feeling it. Some days yep. you're not. Oh, I Press was feeling it. when you're it. feeling it. Yeah, man. I Like I was telling people, that's one thing that I think is so important for day traders to understand. There's days to hit the brake pedal. There's days to hit the gas pedal. Sure. And if you're seeing things work... That's yes. where we need to bring yes. that equity curve and push it higher, right? Because yeah. I always talk about like the waves of trading. And this has to do a lot more with like your equity. You're going to have waves down, right? We got to control oh, yeah. those waves down and then really ride those waves up because that's how you really push your equity higher, right? Is being ready and knowing when to hit that gas pedal, knowing when to hit that brake pedal. I think that's what separates the greats and people that are just like break even, right? They know or, when they or, hit the, or gas the majority pedal. of traders who lose. I mean, yeah. and, and it is like this is not an easy business, and the majority of traders do fail. And I think you're exactly right. It's knowing when to press, it's knowing, and it's risk control. I mean, you know, you've done a pretty good job of controlling risk. I try to control risk. Usually, when I enter a trade, I kind of have an idea where I'm going to get out of the trade. Long term investing, it's still like I'm buying stuff and I put it in there, and then, you know, you, you hold on to the stuff too long, it's different. But the trading kind of very disciplined in. Yeah. You know, and I'm like looking and I have it for this reason. This is where I'm getting out of it if the trade doesn't work my way. So like I'm looking at risk first, then return. And I think that's why, you know, I've been successful in at least the trading business. It's very important. Always keep it in first, right? I mean, at the end of the day, one thing is if you're going to be a trader and you expect to do this for a career or a long time, right? Well, then you got to be looking at multiple opportunities. It's not every single day that matters. It's more the collection of those days. So you got to stay disciplined, right? Let's get a look just overall one, market. One stock just before Mitch, you leave, yeah, let's uh, one it. stock that we haven't talked yet, which reported when I was outside actually was Roblox. They gave DAU Ooh. growth here. Twenty didn't even see it on year. the watch. There. Yeah, and the chat's awesome at this. They keep this. Is why we love the chat. They you know bring us. Love the you guys all out the time. there. RBLX is really getting hit here. It's down. It's down twelve percent here in the pre. Wow, down forty dollars. Um, this is going to affect. Is, I've never really played this one from the long side because you know it's never it's, it doesn't make money. So I've always been concerned, you know, with me, I like stocks that actually make money. And, you know, when I'm not, and, and, and I, sometimes I go into some that don't make money for a trade here, but our RBLX is one that I've always been a little bit cautious on, but now you break down here. So you had a nice little uptrend going, you break down here, money, Mitch. Um, you see any this levels that negative. jump out at you? That's the best part. I, I can, I can call levels, but I think it's, it's kind of interesting that at least the report that is this a out. buy the dip opportunity. I mean, it is, you know, one of those stocks that has had a pretty good 2023. It's maybe one too of those much stocks in the middle people... of the monthly for me. That that's the problem. The, the, the monthly action Tricky is just, stock. just so like stuck in this rectangle here on the bottom, right. That yeah. now you're, now you're buying it in the middle of the rectangle. 
I feel like I'm a pig there, right? I, I, I hate buying in the middle of charts. I like buying on supports. I like buying Great if I'm point. buying on breakout. That's yeah. all right. That that seems to make sense for me. When I get caught in the middle is a lot of times when I get pullbacks to support, I get stopped out. Or the stock can go up. I feel like it's going to break out, and then it comes back, break-evens me. So at this I, point right now, I need it to break out of this rectangle for me to even trade Roblox, at least I in that outlet. I think you're making an excellent point here, and I think this is you know something you know when we do our teaching and you know when I try to teach newer traders and talk with newer traders, don't swing at every pitch. I mean, if it's yeah. in the middle of nowhere, let it go. You know, exactly. that's the luxury of being a trader is you don't have to swing at every pitch. You can always, you can just pit, swing at pitches right down the middle. You know, and that's where we try to look with the 100%. ducks in a row. You know, is there a story of potential? You know, is, you know, story stocks hot? You know, make sure it all lines up. This is kind of in the middle of nowhere for me too here. So, you know, yeah, it's playing back. Is this a stock that could come in and buy the dip? Maybe, but it's also one of those stocks that, you know, isn't making money. And, you know, when it's when stuff gets when capital starts flying out of the stock, it really does. So and it is in the middle of nowhere on the charts. So maybe this is just one you pass on. And this is one that I will put out that uh, I'm keeping a very close eye because I, I've heard too many negative things about Roblox. And it has to do with a lot of kind of like the, the, the user base that's in it. It's a younger user base, right? We need to kind of keep watch what happens here because I've heard too many times that regulation could come after Roblox um, just based on how their kind of engagement works, how what kind of user they have, right? And so I'm, I'm staying away from this story and it's because of that. Of course, you guys take that with a grain of salt, do your own research, look into Roblox so that you guys can understand what I'm talking about. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We can always keep going. You guys keep up with Dennis Dick, like always, Triple D Trader. Any last comments for the day? What do you think about tech? Do you think that we can get at least a pullback? I do feel like I, I was very bullish tech and all that, but I also think that we've gone a little bit far. Pullbacks, I think there are going to be opportunities, but I don't think we're just going to keep just ripping roaring here. I'm still a buyer of pullbacks overall. You know, obviously I'm putting, you know, I've been looking at, you know, buying some other stuff. I did buy a little bit of IWM on the pullback here because really it hasn't gone yet. I, you know, I'm not loading up because the regional banks go into a regional banking crisis and then, you know, that's not going to work out. But I think there's still, you know, some opportunities on pullbacks here. I still think that the bulls are in control here, at least in the short term. But I'm cautious. I'm still cautious, which is why I'm holding, you know, quite a bit of cash. I'm probably down to 60% cash, maybe even less than that. I haven't looked at it. It might be 58 because I have bought a couple of stocks. And I have also, um, you know, like I said, I bought some IWM just to get a little bit more exposure there. Um, I, I, I'm still just, you know, the regional banks scare me. I look at that KRE chart. Going back to it, I mean, it's right on the lows. It's what keeps me cautious. And maybe I got to stop looking at it. Maybe it doesn't matter. But I still feel like if the regional banks you know, start to break down and make new lows, it's going to matter. I think, you know, one thing that you do often, Dennis, is try to be flexible with your trade, right? You're, you're you being flexible be. here. You, you played a little bit to the upside, but you're also keeping your risk in mind. I think that's a very important outlook, right? One thing that we could all kind of be like, well, Dennis is missing this side or this side and always kind of nitpick. But one thing that I look at it just from a, a, on the outside is that that's what you're doing. You're just being nimble. You're trying to be flexible every single day and running with what is presenting itself, but also keeping in mind what could come. 
think that's how traders trade. And of course, for long investors, this is a little bit of a different game. But as a trader, you got to be nimble in this market. And sometimes you just got to take gains because this market has not been that market that just hold on to gains and gains and gains. Usually give them right back. All right, I'm going to go trade. I'm actually behind on my trading because uh, all the stuff that's going on here today. <laughs> go ahead, man. Go do what market. you got to do, Dennis. So we'll be back at you tomorrow. I'll keep everybody posted. I think um, no updates on the girl yet, but hopefully everything's going well. Hey, he made the bus, right? The, the boy's on the bus. The girl's That's a win for today, here, baby. And the driveway's, the driveway's getting fixed here. It's all tore up right now. looks like hell right now. But <laughs> Have a good one, Dennis. Take that's care, my friend. All right, that's going to do it for us on pre-market prep. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action. And I do want to let you guys know, that, especially everybody on the book club, um, we had a little bit of an issue yesterday, was not able to do the book club yesterday. So we're actually going to do the book club this week on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, so we're making up for last Sunday, uh, the Sunday, of course, yesterday. But if you guys want to join the book club, of course, I just threw up the link here. Um, so that you guys can jump in and join that club. Of course, if you guys want to join this, this is the only exclusive YouTube club we have where you have to sign up to be a part of it. These videos are unlisted, not just to the public. It's for you guys to get value back. So if you guys want to keep pushing your trading, check out the book club. Now to get you guys over to some live trading action, I'm excited to get into it. Of course, we got Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I. Let's see if when I roll up my sleeves, what kind of money we can find in the market today. Like always, be safe out there, traders. Going to be looking at maybe potentially a little bit of that tech turnaround. Success already 1950s. Going to look for some pullback, see if we can come back towards 1925 in the market. But be careful out there. We got to be nimble and quick in this market. Hit the like if you guys enjoyed everything on today's show. Like always, we'll be back for more later today. Start Swing Trading is back 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll see you guys later today. Hit the like and come over to live trading.